pinning this one or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do I want to read this question? How will okay. raid loot be dispersed when PvP battles are involved during the raid well, I mean, fight? Just Come on, that. I can't even get to the answer. <laughs> this is why I was like, do I even want to? We're gonna make sure we touch on all the Q and A stuff at the <laughs> end, and then Sim leaves one out. Is it more bad if I leave it out? You know what I mean? Or is it more bad if I? You know what I mean? I got his. How many stories were lost and untold because of the apocalypse? How many lives were cut short before scribes and bards could tell their tales? The lifeblood of the planet spread widely, and the evidence of this life was imbued in every part of the land. The lifeblood pulsed through the Pathfinder's veins as well, even though they had not been born on Vera. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders. Your dedicated and trusted Ash as a Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back Pasha. What's up, gamers? Hey. How are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> as predicted by the way before i go through the normal spiel here about uh about all the stuff and things for the week we've, we've got some uh, mp3s in discord oh yeah oh yeah baby oh yeah uh it, so if you're if you like me are, are thinking to yourself man kind of hits me in a happy spot whenever I'm just chilling and I hear what's up gamers or, you know, any of the other shafts that come from Pasha. You want to turn into like a ringtone for your phone like I did or Daedalus might have wanted to. Don't so you know the MP3s? I, I did y'all solid on Community Night as I talked about when <laughs> and I totally bumped those MP3s. So you can take them, use them for your ringtones if you like, unless Pasha's like Sim, I don't want people doing that. Then I'll take them down. But I figure launch first, ask questions later. Um, exactly. Yeah, That's I was like, right. Fuck it. I don't care about kids. Okay, moving on. Before we dig in, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, which is what? AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping the flames of this community bolstering greater week after week. If you want to do us a solid, go over to iTunes, give us a five-star review, tell us how we're doing, leave a comment. You can find that over pinned to the top of our Twitter post at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. Um, right there, you can see the iTunes link go to the thing. If you leave a comment, we will read that live on the show. You can also call in to 1-539-664-6801 and we'll play any messages left there live on the show as well. Um, RP is always encouraged. Um, and also, if you are maybe a little more shy, you can just you know, at myself or any of the other Pathfinders you see on the show in our Ashes Pathfinder chat over at discord.gg forward slash some more where our community hangs out um, and just leave comments there and we'll totally add them for the show. Speaking of adding them for the show, to be fair, I was planning on bringing more community feedback and sentiment into this show. I'm afraid it just didn't make it because quite frankly, um, we've got a lot to still cover. And I wanted to make sure we got through a lot of that because then that'll leave us the next week or so to essentially cover some of the feedback from the community. 
Um, but I told everybody that I would be doing Alpha One videos for YouTube. You guys are going, what, Alpha One videos? Yes, taking my cataloged footage and posting it on YouTube. If you all don't know this, I streamed a lot. I always stream a lot for the most part when it comes to Ash's testing. I also recorded all that footage. And um, I just want you to know, I had had every intention of it being delivered the first uh, playthrough video to be there already as of last night. So you could enjoy it through the week. Um, unfortunately, I didn't think ahead and um, my 60 gigabyte file <laughs> that I uploaded. Yeah, they told me no homie 10, 10 gigabyte maximum. I didn't I didn't stream it there. So unfortunately, <laughs> it's not cataloged in that way. So I'll be breaking it down into smaller chunks and posting it. Um, but it'll for the most part be unedited. And it'll just allow you to sort of like follow the entire journey from the beginning of the playtest all the way through doing all the stuff that I did. Um, so for the people that are sort of like, man, I wish I could look at Ashes, don't have my fix. I did record it all and it's all going up on Ashes HQ YouTube. Um, aside from that, Knights of the Phoenix, we are recruiting. That is the guild for this community, the greater community, the Ashes fam here, the Ashes Pathfinders, Ashes HQ, literally everything here. Speaking of Ashes HQ, new class icons have been launched. If you're a subscriber here on Twitch, you will also notice that you have these class icons as part of your basic tier, basic subscription tier uh, right there as I listed. So there they are. Every class has got a custom icon and for now it's there in the meantime i might end up moving them just to discord later but i figured what the hell they launched as of last night so we can play with them and enjoy them and chat how about that um anything else i'm thinking of i hit on all the things okay yes gentlemen why don't we catch a up a little bit anything that's been brewing for you in the past week, anything newsworthy that you want to share, we can chat about. I have one announcement for myself, um, but I'll, I'll let you guys talk first and kind of catch up a little bit. Uh, not much gaming related for me. Just personally been getting my house up for sale and fingers crossed I'll be, you know, signing some offers uh, tomorrow or uh, Tuesday at the latest mm -hmm. and can get going on that. But other than that, it's it's been a pretty gaming wise uneventful outside of the really awesome time on community night um this been been quiet uh, on other fronts in the gaming world yeah community night was really good uh last was it friday night we mm -hmm. did city of villains this time we went we went dark side for that it was still fun how about you pasha about me man i got I, I i don't got anything new except for one thing i'm really excited to hear about that announcement you got that i've been thinking about it all week i just can't wait to hear about it man just really i really don't know i'm like am i supposed to take him seriously right now i'm not 100 sure <laughs> i was like uh, I feel like catching up a little bit. Okay, I do have a bit of an announcement. This is more of a personal project thing. Um, if you follow my YouTube, it won't be a shocker. I've I've hinted at it for probably like the past year, low-key. I've been hinting at things like that and slowly trickling it in. So if you're part of the Phoenix fam, then you know, right, that it's probably coming and I've been contemplating it. 
Um, as you all know, I'm working, I've, I've been developing my own IP for the better part of 15 plus years. Um, fantasy world, heavy mythology. So I, I love it. I'm working on it pretty heavily um, when I'm not live streaming or creating content. Um, I'm basically in the, the tying pieces of the world building together right now. Um, but the world building serves like a very big set of stories, but also a really great setting for a game. And you guys are going, wait a minute. Oh yeah, that's right. I've been contemplating it. I've been really, really, really unsure if, I, if I'd really want to push myself to do it. Either way, if I did, it wouldn't happen. I wouldn't really be showcasing anything around. Well, I take that back. I, I would showcase things around the game. But so basically after the first book gets published, I'm going to be going much more transparent about the open world RPG that I'm going to be working on. Um, I'm already am doing things right now. I've been taking some coursework in Unreal Engine. Unreal Engine 5 will 100% be the engine that'll be utilized. Um, I'm not 100% if I'll be doing it, if I'll have any other people involved or not. I'm looking at it as being like a two to three year project at, at probably the most if I'm doing it by myself, but that'll all be dependent on what all I want to include. Um, old school gaming vibes, man. Um, and seeing what unreal engines capable of, especially in the open world domain made it really, really viable that I could do this. Right. So it's going to happen. And the beauty of it is a lot of the concept art for the book is concept art that would also serve the game because the game would actually take place after the events of the first book. And there's like a period of thousands of years that exist there before I start picking back up on the same story we started with, there's a whole big period of time. And I was like, this is much better told through a game, I think. So I'm going to do it. So I will be announcing a, a game game company, whether I'm the only one in it, probably not long-term. Um, but yeah, that's happening. So Sim's going to keep working on his book, a little bit of Unreal Engine 5 development on the side, low-key doing some concept art, and uh, I might, I may even do the music myself for it too, since I have the skill set. So it's just a matter of how long will it take? Question mark. I'll know more by the end of the year after the first book is published. That's my announcement. Yep. That's awesome, man. I'm that doing it. Very cool, buddy. Very, very cool. Yeah. You know, you know what the main reason is that I was like, I just, I'm going to go and make it a game. Because, because when you write books, right? When you write books and stuff like there's no guarantee that that's going to get picked up and someone's going to want to do an adaptation and mm -hmm. you'll ever get to visually see your world. Right. I'm like in a game setting because like low key, what I was contemplating doing was using Unreal Engine 5 for like cinematic teasers, which were really going to just be to supplement the book. But then I was like, oh, Unreal Engine 5 is looking more than capable to do what I want to do. So. I don't know why not, because imagine I, I just think about it because there's this view that you can only imagine the books later. And it's just cool to be able to, like, develop that and be able to look at it myself. Yeah. And as the architect of that, I'd know exactly how it should look anyway. So that's even better. F it. It's happening. Yep. <laughs> why not, man? Do what you yeah, love. This is super exciting, man. Holy crap. Yeah. So at least one game for sure potentially three if it, the first one does well because there's that yeah. much story i could tell in that period because i don't really plan on really telling a whole lot of story in that period anyway 
And if I did, I'd come back to it way after the whole set of books I want to do are done. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my announcement. So stick around. I'm to get to know more about that game. I'm looking forward to sharing it, too. I've been teasing the shit out of people. I made uh, channels in, <laughs> in Discord. It's just codenamed TMC. I'm not saying I'm not not going to confirm a single word of what that means. Um, I think codenamed TMC is what I actually have on Twitter, too. That's right. I scrapped the ESOHQ Twitter and this was like, F it, I'm going to turn this into that and already do the work on growing it. <laughs> and people following ESO be like, sorry, tricked you. This is actually for my game now, fools. Just kidding. Um, all right, friends. Okay, enough on that. Why don't we talk about what everybody's actually here for, which is Ash as a creation. Um, always looking for feedback, though, on the HQ. Um, I The Mountain Crab Beard here first oh my gosh <laughs> dude here we go okay here's the slideshow we're gonna we're gonna dig in and i don't know why it didn't start where i wanted it to so i'm gonna skip ahead there we go i'll pause oh. it right there i was talking about this a little bit this week um the name of this set now i i i'm gonna i'm gonna a real talk here a little bit i'm not a big fan of like making it a big talking point to like promote buying things. Cause that's not really my jam, but we're consumers when we play games, aren't we? So we're going to talk as the podcast that covers the thing about that. The other part to talking about the cosmetics that's vitally important is we have already seen with firsthand evidence how Intrepid Studios takes the cosmetics created and takes the pieces of those and start to incorporate those either into creatures, into uh, armor sets, NPC armor, you know, assets in the world, uh, critters out in the world, whatever it might be. So it's an important reference point to actually talk about this. Also, narratively, I feel like it's important to talk about this because we've seen some significant tie-ins from the news posts around the cosmetic sets that go live monthly, we've seen pieces of the narrative tie into things that we've heard about previously that are canon lore pieces. So there were some, there were multiple things that I, I actually caught from this that I will share. But why don't we let the we'll let this play live? We'll let we'll let it cycle through the cosmetics, and why don't we just get your guys's thoughts and feedback about this set and anything that stood out for you for, for me i think i love the armor um it just had like a very like cool vibe mm -hmm. and i i i felt like it was a Valoon vibe um just because when i think of desolation and i just think of desert dwellers right so i was kind of thinking like this was almost like a little bit of a sand people vibe kind of um so i really like the set um and i mean it took me a minute maybe to take it all in but uh but i do like the set um and and i'm definitely going to be grabbing a few pieces from here i mean especially the costume stood out to me first like yeah i like that the costume mm -hmm. and the accessories the freehold skin as well um were kind of you know that stand out for me I just like, I don't know, I like the vibe quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was my take. It's, it's maybe a partial shut up and take my money month on this. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's the same thing. For, for me, honestly, it's the 
Escalation Outlander outfit, the costume, and the hand wraps. They they just do it for me. I think it's like a great idea. I feel like every single MMO out there, except maybe for like ESO, has this zone that is basically the desolation. It's like a toxic kind of wasteland that mm -hmm. gives you the feeling that it's hard to navigate. And I'm glad that they're doing it in Ashes because it's always been one of my favorite places to explore and roam in in MMORPGs. And I'm glad that they're doing like outfits for for every zone, you know? Like there's there's always like a, a cosmetic that fit mm. that ties into one of the plays that you're going to be exploring in in Ash's creation, which I love. Yeah. Um, I'm not a particular fan of how they basically seem to want to fund the making like the rendering and the, and the and the work they put behind making these things in 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 the engine like further further than just concept art they seem to be funding them through selling cosmetics i'm not like a big fan of having so many cosmetics but at the same time they've been delivering on showing us the finished renders so i'm not too skeptical about them not being able to deliver you know every time they show us a bajillion cosmetics they end like at the end of like maybe a four month cycle they just like come out with like 72 different renders of all the cosmetics we've seen before so like i'm i'm good with it because we're gonna see them in the game it's not like false promises at this point mm. so i'm a big fan i'm sold on uh i'm sold on that pack they've been definitely been worse packs than this and i'm really down with the costume i think it looks dope yeah i i maybe I one too. other comment sorry sim i, I don't on. mean to interrupt yeah. one other comment that i would say and i think i mentioned this to you might have been offline um was while i i definitely like agree with pacha that you know it is a lot of cosmetics the rp side of me really is like man i have so many options mm -hmm. like to create different concepts of characters and i almost kind of see it and since we've been playing like city of heroes slash villains recently, right. Yeah. With so many options there to customize looks and how like all nutty I've gone there because there's so many options. I kind of feel like there's that, this is kind of a gateway drug to what's going <sighs> to happen in ashes for me. And I have to temper myself, but yeah. besides that, I have so many options, not only to customize my personal appearance, but have, you know, combat pets have freeholds that kind of meet that um, vibe too. And that's even like more exciting for me, like regardless of whether or not it's like a paid cosmetic or an earned one, um, you know, hoping that, you know, what Steven has, has said will, will be committed to. And I right now don't have a reason to doubt that is not only does this give us a bunch of options if we want to go the route of collecting paid cosmetics these are also as we've talked in the past mm. templates for variations on these cosmetics in the actual world so not only are you going to get like the freehold skin for example in this vibe you might get something else with a different set of cloth or maybe a darker wood or what have you right so you're going to get something where 
as you get into the world, you're going to be able to mix and match these and it still be a, a cohesive aesthetic for it, um, which is, in my opinion, again, really a baseline for good world building is having a lot of variety so that you can um, provide players with options. Yeah, it's very true. And and I, I do agree with you, too, on the City of Heroes villain side of things, talking about that game we play on Fridays. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fair, right? When you look at the cosmetics, and you look at the assets that are being created. Um, it's it's, you know, really difficult to, to disregard the the fact that there's going to be a lot of opportunity and options. This is also why I go back to I hope that for the sake of the the, you know, the diehard collectors that want to have like all of the armor types. They want to have a wide variety for that RP element, customizing their armor sets, like their appearance and all that to be able to have something very uniquely them that potentially doesn't, you know, that isn't as easy to come across. So here's, here's a reference point. If you're going to make animal husbandry that extensive and other systems in the game around artisanship, et cetera, that that's significant. Like why not, why not with this one? This is probably one of the ones where you're going to want that. We certainly see it in the character creator that was showcased in last month's live stream, which we are going to continue Q&A over. There were some things I wanted to talk about. The Ghastly Ghoul was another one of the more gnarly looking sort of like, it's like creature. It's like when I, I just didn't, you know, like zombie sort of styled. Yeah. You know, ghoulish creature. We haven't really seen a lot of those in a while. Um, this one takes me back to like the earliest cosmetic packs that we got. Um, although I do feel that you in the uh while that impersonation, you know, I try I try, man. You know, it's a can I say it's a it's a, it's something, isn't it? Okay. So talking <laughs> talking about oh no, people are talking about <laughs> never mind. Uh the the stalker was pretty cool. You know what I noticed though <clears throat> that I talked about last week with people that stood out. Remember the Empyrean armor, uh, or or sorry, the Empyrean themed cosmetics we got like a couple years or so ago. Yeah, yeah. You remember the reference to Titan Bark being turned into oh, ingots? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. Oh. So I rem I remembered that I always go back to that. I'm like, I, we back then we debated on whether or not that was going to be canon. Is that going to be something that's actually going to be a craftable material in the game? P.S. I hope so. But there were there were to uh, a discussion point right here. OK, this is on the costume. OK, and it said tempted by tales of massive strikes of priceless verite. Are we hearing another? Are we hearing another material type? Verite and clusters of magically attuned escra crystals. I'm hearing craftable materials, right? So if we go back and we look at some of this stuff, it it to me would be a missed opportunity if that wasn't a tie-in to materials that are going to exist in the game, right? Just like Titan Bark, because like it seems like a wasted resource. I know it's just words. But I feel like there's a bit of a missed opportunity to tie everything in together. And they do a pretty good job of that already. So I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. But I, I see those types of things. And I always go back to when we talk about the cosmetics. And I say a couple pieces here, right? One is 
are we getting narratives that actually are going to tie into some part of, you know, whether it's player narrative, world narrative, like stuff that ties into we get on the for the apocalypse. You know, I mean, there was like everything back to the remember the Dunir Dwarven fire uh, structure or whatever that almost sounded like it was a tempering or a crafting location that could exist in a in a volcanic mountain in the game or something mm-hmm. like these yeah. all seem like this would be great if this actually exists. And then we see cosmetics that we put on like freeholds or we wear and it's like representative of something from a narrative standpoint. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. Like, that's a great way to synergize in between development of these types of things in more than one way than just like, okay, you can get this specific costume or caravan skin, but maybe like you can create something pretty close or just like it. That's a bit different, but same through the modular approach that exists with caravans or animal husbandry or, you know, farming gear gear drops and stuff or like a collection for the wardrobe or something overall the scrapper's wagon was pretty cool i talked about like what i may or may not like i just like that this has got a a wasteland badland sort of vibe going on like very post-apocalyptic sort of uh you know like i'm trying to think of the what's the word i'm talking mad maximal styled sort of like oh yeah vibes right so pretty cool. Um, but I wanted to acknowledge something someone told me. And I can't, I apologize, friends. I can't remember who it was when we were talking about this over the week when I was, when we did our live stream on Friday. I think we chatted about it a bit. But someone, I think it might have been Magisto actually was here, said, still, you know, it's it's still annoying that it can't, we can't do this like a la carte when you go get cosmetics. This is actually a a complaint I have adhered to for a very long time. And I do want to reiterate on this. I actually, I, I think he actually had said, especially at this point, and I'm still of a proponent of like, well, period, because from like an economic standpoint, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to do their job, but just, I'm saying as, as a person who follows the game, it kind of doesn't really make sense. Some people don't want to back and get in and do game. Like, they don't want to help test. They just want to create their account. They want to play when the game launches. Maybe they just want to pick up specific cosmetics along the way that really resonate with them. To be gated to do that a la carte approach until after you've purchased a pack, it's kind of it, it's kind of a little sucky, I think, for a lot of people that are still following this. Well, and it's completely, like, nonsensical to me. Because, yeah. like, if you want the costumes, the costumes are always, like, for the highest pack possible in the cosmetics. And you need to spend, like, what, f- I think it's, like, 500 bucks? Yeah, it's for the highest several pack. hundred at least, yeah, for the highest yeah. one. So, like, let's say 500. No, not anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's 375 Right, okay, back so down. I'm Canadian, so that's, like, $15,000. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> so, basically... You're gated, and like you said, Sim, you don't want to test. You don't want to have additional game time. You don't want any of that. You just want the costume. And because it's gated at such a high price, if they made it available a la carte, like, since I'm French, (laughs) a la carte, (laughs) then you would get at least, at least with the thousands of people just in the Discord for Ashes of Creation, you would get at least... 200 people that would buy the costume 
True. You would make more money from these 200 people that are that are not going to spend 375 for the whole pack. You would get more money out of them than you currently are. So like I don't get it. Is Doesn't it, make is it sense. because they just want like their mm. highest tier followers to have these cosmetics, which it's not pay to win. It's okay, right. I guess. It just sucks for them. Yeah, I guess to me, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense when you could have that extra trickle in along the way and potentially more people engaged. So I saw a comment in chat, too, saying I genuinely think Steven's hurting the game with the way the monthly cosmetics are done. What do you all think about that? Do you think that's you feel like you agree? He is. I think he is in a way, Mm -hmm. a very minimal way. But I think he is hurting the game in that sense. Well, one thing I want to ask, and, and maybe you all know this, because honestly, I, you know, Sim and I have been like Kickstarter. I think, Pacha, you might have been a Kickstarter yeah. backer too, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know if like buying the lowest tier pack, you can still get the a la carte. And that's $75, which you is still can not. You get a la, a la carte from, <laughs> <laughs> you can only get it if your pack is like equal or above the pack that is advertised so like if people that have leader of men for example and that was like a thousand bucks uh-huh they get everything a la carte they get everything a la carte but if you spent like a hundred dollars on the kickstarter then you're only get you're only going to get things that are for the one of the lower packs i think or like the, the mid-tier pack yeah, That's we, we might want to fact check that, but yeah, same. but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I it does create an issue. I think there's a couple of issues here, right? One is is definitely the barrier to entry is high. And I think some of the arguments are, well, if you have more investment required, you might get a certain type of player that's investing or not, right? Um, that maybe is air quotes more dedicated. Um I don't know that I necessarily subscribe to that thinking, but I do feel like it's going to be kind of, it may turn into like a fiasco on the other end if you start opening the floodgates up. Because you're, then you're going to have people that said, hey, I had to spend 375 yeah. plus or whatever it is in order to get a la carte. Now everybody can do it, right? So that's, that's kind of the opposite problem you're going to have. And you may piss off people that you know had gone in for that i mean personally i wouldn't care one way or the other but i know that could potentially be some blowback that might occur as well um but at at the end of the day i the way i look at it just from an economic standpoint doing the math and i believe there was um lazuki in chat said something to this effect right is that you know you're only paying the cost of the monthly subscription once the game is live right if you didn't get in on the lifetime sub with with kickstarter right um and so that being case if there's got to be a way for them to make money and while there is i would say some negative feedback about that higher barrier to entry at the end of the day there's no requirement right unless you really want the cosmetics to actually buy in right you can buy in day one for 15 bucks yeah true um and so that's kind of the both sides that i see i mean on one hand like if if i hadn't done any of like the backing that i did in kickstarter i would likely be more of the mind of like man do i really want to spend that much 
just to get a set of cosmetics, right? Unless mm. I like really like them all. Um, but but you know, that's probably the only scenario where I, I would maybe have heartburn. Now it's kind of a non-issue for me. <laughs> but I think of it also from a business perspective is, you know, there's got to be at least some ongoing seed money. And maybe the way Steven looks at it is if we get, you know, more bites at the apple at that higher price point, it's something that can continue to sustain, you know, upwards of like 200 developers is what they were trying to do this year, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they want so to get the 200. It is more. definitely a double edged sword to go either way <laughs> in this scenario. I wanted to say something to your remark there, Daedalus. You said that it does. You're not really bothered. That's something a Kickstarter elitist would say, right? Ultimate oh. defense that. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in in my defense, I didn't scream like a little girl and throw up ultimate defense while I said it. So there's no oh, wait. There might be evidence. <laughs> Ah, you mess with the bull, you get the horns, bro. Get it, <laughs> dude. It's, I mean, it's, it's a fair point, though. I mean, I, I do think there's a lot of um, merit to those concerns. It's, it's a tricky situation, yeah. though, because you know some of the comments. Like I said, I do have comments to actually refer to and respond to and talk about on the show. But for the sake of the shows, um, you know, just how much time we've got and everything today, we try not to go over a couple hours each each go anyway. Usually at the most, just because of um, <laughs> clip might come back to. Hey, it's good for it's good content, man. Um, it's definitely an ashes short in the making. It's part of our community, man. That's like those are the fun shenanigans we want to we got to save because it's like memories, man. You know, um, for show. Sure. Yeah, but you know there there's definitely merit to it, but it's it's a such a tricky tricky place to be. This is exactly these are some of the reasons I would never in my life want to ever be part of developing an MMORPG. The level of stress and, and complexity to something like this. You know what I mean? I don't have the answers. I just I'm just a guy with ideas, just like we all are. But you know, I, I like look at it, it's like, you know, you, you look at the fact that like there's a lot of us who got into Kickstarter who have the un, like the lifetime subscriptions gone. Like it's it's gone. We don't ever pay. Like I don't pay because I did that earlier. That's also like monthly revenue that won't exist like mm-hmm. long term if I'm like if I play long term, right? Granted, that's only a certain number of people, but like if you're gonna survive on just the monthly subscription, I've said it a dozen times or more. I'm totally a proponent of paying the box cost paying for expansions, paying a subscription, and having a minimal to no cash shop. That's my jam. I prefer that for an MMORPG, right? But I also recognize that there's like a lot of people that don't really care for that pay, you know, that model, that monetization model. I am, and I prefer it, but that's because I like pretty much everything I can acquire to exist solely in the game. Through merit, that's where prestige is locked, not where it's locked in some RNG crate in a in a crown store. I mean, sorry, cash shop um, that exists, right? Like that sort of stuff is as scummy as it gets, you know. And it, keeping it to where all of the really good looking things come from in game keeps me playing, which means. If I'm chasing all of that because I really want it, I'm probably maintaining a subscription. I'm probably buying the expansions. But that's that's my that's my opinion, right? Uh, but like Stephen also said, it it the the burden is on the development team to ensure that they deliver 
content that's exciting and you know it, you know desirable enough for you know players to continue paying that subscription i don't know that that having a cash shop the way they're doing it how's that cash shop going to expand later too like i don't know man you know i from a cosmetic standpoint i kind of try not to buy them that much unless i really feel like i could see myself at some point on my main or at least the character running around with it for some significant period of time not just because i like it it looks good i'm trying to focus on if i'm going to get it I know I'll actually roll around on that, you know, and rotate through it at some point for some reason, as opposed to just having it to like pop and show off and then put away again. Um, but I don't know what the, the best answer is. I know that community members on YouTube, which is where I was kind of going with this to begin with um, before ID kicked in was there. I'm noticing more and more people are feeling and expressing some hesitancy and feelings of disappointment around the game right now, feeling that it's going to take a lot longer than we all think for the game to launch, feeling like there's things that we should be seeing that we're not seeing at the point that they expected to be seeing them. Then you could say, because again, how many times do I say this? I've said this forever. Go back to the beginning of this sh freaking podcast back in the first several set of episodes, right? I talked about, you know, uh, basically like having realistic expectations, right? Talking about the difference between hype versus excitement. I think that's actually the name of the damn episode was hype versus excitement. And I talk, and this was during their PAX East back in the day when they were doing PAX East, I think. And I was talking about like the importance of tempering expectations, right? But if the expectation is built because of, you know, something outlined by the team, well, then I think we got something a little different. So what's an example of expectation? Well, they have not given us dates for Alpha 2. That is fair, right? If you go, we should have gotten to Alpha 2 and we didn't get there by the summer. And because we're not there, they aren't delivering. That's not accurate because they never gave us a goalpost of delivery for that, right? I totally agree with holding them accountable on, on that, if that's the case, but that's they haven't been making that mistake. Right, they've learned from the past. Okay, it's fair. Yeah, I was about to say they did give us did this give happened. Us it was like April 2020. Yeah, like <laughs> right. They were like, "Oh no, we're kind of we need to not do this anymore." But they've learned, right? <laughs> now, what would be setting an expectation for us? And I, I know I've hit on this one, right? I'm not trying to bash here, but I got to say it. You say when we start the year, we're going to have news articles coming out and that's not happening. And we're talking every month. It's every month and it's April. We're going to be in May soon. We're pushing half a year without that. If you say we're going to be consistent quarterly, creative director's letters, and that's not happening. I'm sorry, but that's not been consistent. I would state that it's my opinion that you have set an expectation for the people in the community when you tell them stuff like that, it's not delivered. So do I see why people might have some of that feeling of disappointment and not being, having a sense of certainty about the game that's going through development? Yes. Will I still advocate for intrepid because I believe that they, you know, they are steadily on their way. Absolutely. Um, but I also a long time ago stopped really, assuming or really putting too, too much stake in anything because I recognize game development, especially with MMORPGs where it's not a AAA studio, it's difficult 
to consistently deliver all the time. It's just, it just is. It's the nature of the beast, man. And I've learned that by following MMORPGs for five, six, seven, eight. Oh, I don't know how many years it's been now, but a while. So, do you guys remember um, when Steven talked about for how long the game had been in development before they actually made it public? Do you guys mm-hmm. remember which year it was when they started? Working on the game, they did in. I thought it was like in 2016, 16, wasn't it? if I'm not mistaken, because the website was leaked at the end of that year, and that's what I found out about it. Yeah, so we're we're in like uh, we're on the sixth year of development right now. Oh, nice December. Oh, yeah, it was December of 2016. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was November, or December. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So like, let's say 2017. Yeah. <clears throat> like we're in the fifth year of development. Yeah. So Kickstarter like, was. It yeah. still makes sense. It's still like we're still in the realistic window. Yep. We I are. understand both camps. Sure. Like I was there during the Kickstarter. I was there when the game was first announced with like nodes part one. And I remember how how frustrated people were when the game did not come out, when we didn't get any news of anything at the end of 2020 when they promised. Well, not promised. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, promised. Uh, a release i remember i was there um it was frustrating but at the same time 2020 was just not realistic at all i don't know from which orifice steven pulled that date from but like holy crap that made no sense at all um and i also understand the same camp that says like we still only got the character creator and it's april 2022 and it's been six years and we just got the character creator video. But at the same time, <clears throat> I'm more in the camp of the people that say, let them take their time. It's an independent, it's an indie studio. It's their first game. Let them make sure that it's a great product because we want to be playing this game for more than three years. Like I read, I read chat 30 seconds ago when they said you would have to, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Boshi that said um, you would have to play for three years to so like get back your investment of five hundred dollars of uh, lifetime lifetime sub. I want to be able to play the game for three years and go back on my investment. You know, like I want to I want to make it worth my time. So I want it to be a great game. So I'm going to wait however long I need to wait. My life isn't in the balance. Like I I can play other games in the meantime. And for the delay and when it comes to budget and how do they make sure that they pay their bills and pay their hundreds of developers they have. Um, I, well, I know that Steven said that they had enough money to make the core game before right. even starting the Kickstarter. Then there was the Kickstarter that didn't raise that much money for an actual like MMO studio for sure. It was like maybe like, five percent of what you actually need to make an mmo was raised from the kickstarter but he also said that they had private investors if i remember correctly right mm. just... ashes yeah in ashes um, Didn't they had private investors not that i'm aware of no it's steven no, it and was yeah steven and, yeah. and his husband yeah but you know they they established i mean they made a ton of yeah. money doing what they did for years yeah, we're not before. even going to step into that no that, topic lot yeah <laughs> no, we're not gonna op- open those nope. floodgates but you know i'm in the camp that like let them take their time and if the game isn't like we're still getting content it, it isn't chronicles of illyria 
like we're still getting stuff a, here. It's not yeah. Star Citizen where we're getting like yeah. the <clears throat> announcement of a new ship every six months and it's not flyable until like True. five years later. Or Camelot Unchained. And like, Holy here's shit. how we made air in the game. Isn't it fantastic? Like, we don't care. Nobody cares, my guy. But in Ashes of Creation, they're still setting realistic goals. And I'm super disappointed by the fact that we're not getting creative director's letters, that we're not getting those monthly articles, that all yeah. these promises that are outside of making the actual game, all these promises are getting are getting dumped you know like they're all in the dumpster mm -hmm. we're not getting any of those promises but at the same time they're still working on the game that's why i care about that's yeah, the only same. promise i want them to keep it's to release a goddamn game that's all i want i don't care about the creative director's letters if i end up playing the goddamn mmo and it's like the best mmo i've ever played i don't care about these letters yeah in the meantime it would be great if you know, they set a precedent for, you know, respecting their promises. Yeah. So I understand the community's frustration on that front. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty clear to me that, I mean, look, without any tangible evidence and stuff, right? The beauty of this situation for Steven is he doesn't have to provide the kind of transparency around financials that other people do because it, this game is not primarily funded because of Kickstarter. It's supplementally funded because of Kickstarter, right? So right. He, he has a pri as a pri as a person who's privately funding this game, he can do whatever he wants to, right? And that's that's it. Um, but with that being said, when I look at games in development who are like, "Yeah, we're funded," uh, there's no game out there who's produced as much as Ashes of Creation that's maintained their course. At this point, for this many years, since the Kickstarter backing alone, if the, I'm telling you right now, if the Kickstarter money was all they really had, they would have, this would not have been continuing years ago. As or evidenced by. Investment of, uh, yeah. Steven said it was like $30 million or something like that. Right. We're, yeah. we're probably past that $30 million. I'm pretty sure he already tapped into his bank account with mm. John to, you know, get more money out for the game. Cause Dude. we are in that three to four years delay post promised release. So like, I, I'm sure they had more money than just 30 mils. I just, I, I realized I just said just 30 mils. I wish I could just like <laughs> pull out 30 mils from my bank account. Yeah. Like Venmo <laughs> At that this shit. point in time, I'm convinced that it's more than $31 million that have been invested into the game. For yeah. sure. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like me personally, like the way I look at it, I mean, I, I right, wrong or indifferent. I did pledge towards star citizen very early on, oh, mostly damn. for the single player experience. Um, oh shit. <laughs> and, and and I can tell you, I don't get Star Citizen vibes from it's Ashes of Creation. Yeah. I'm not getting these these kinds of vibes. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing, too, oh, yeah. like, again, there has been a lot of learning, right, for the team True. in terms of what they talk about and what they don't. This is my personal speculation. I right. don't have any insider information, so let me put that out there now. It's all we're but doing, any of us, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more we're not seeing that's just in a state where there's still 
and it's kind of weird to say polish when you're talking about an alpha, right? But I feel like um, Steven and the team really want to put at least some level of polish to what they're showcasing, even though it's transparent development, because very clearly, you know, a community can take work in progress in many different ways. And so like knowing that, knowing the complexity of the game they have, I do still have some belief that there's a lot more under the hood that they haven't shown us. They also did a lot of major shifts in this time period. They reworked their back end from the ground up because they knew it wouldn't work, right? They had that apocalypse situation where they discovered something and they're like, we're not going to put out a product that isn't going to perform to our level of expectation. Mm. They also took the stab at Unreal 5. Once again, right, I think was a really great choice to help them, you know, be more scalable in the future. So personally, I still think there's, there's, enough there where i don't you know believe all these claims and about vaporware and there's no game and blah 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 i mean i actually got a little triggered by a recent content creator that even as a joke you know i wanted to talk about that i wanted to talk about that by the way that's that's potentially damaging yeah exactly and i know it was it was meant in fun but at the end of the day right when i compare I would say three buckets of activity. When I compare Ashes of Creation to crowdfunded games like Star Citizen to final products out there in the market, I see a distinct stratification of those three. And I'm, I have not gotten any concerns. I would say early on when it was the super dark period, I definitely had some concerns. Sam, you and I had a few podcasts, more than a few, talking about the dark period, right? But now I feel like they're in a good clip. There is some fine-tuning, right, with the content that that was promised around creative director's letters and stuff. That's To me, it it is still a concern, but it's not like something that's causing me to have anxiety about whether or not they're going to release something. Yeah, I want to say something, too, about this. I get why people are like, oh, but let's see the financials or I really want to see this. I really want to see that. When I hear that perspective, I recognize that person clearly is not followed as far as long as some of us have. Right. Because many of us went through this sort of back and forth about like we all went through it in 2020. Yeah, we we went through that like years ago. Right. So someone who's coming in new, it's like, I don't know, man, there's a lot of really good reasons for someone to be hesitant coming into it Mm -hmm. because, oh, I don't know. Chronicles of Illyria. Right. Camelot and Chains, Star Star Citizen, all these. Right. Yeah. Here's my thing, right? I say five to seven years is a good general window for an MMORPG of any of any of any size, of any scale, of any anything, right? You should be seeing progression throughout that. The problem with these other other games I've mentioned is you don't have the kind of progression showcase that Ashes has been able to deliver on. This is one of the re- positive reinforcers I've always had, right? Because I'm I'm let me see the evidence and progress moving forward. And it's consistently been there and it's gotten more and more, right? Camel and a chain has been in the same damn spot for years. It's yeah. an unfortunate tell. Chronicles of Valeria pl- pulled that plug years ago because, in my opinion, it was a scam to begin with. 
you know, but Camelot Unchained is an example of where you have been in development, right? But you just are so closed off about showcasing anything. And then you make the mistake of going in a direction that, quite frankly, you can't pull off. Right? I, look, Stephen could afford the risk of APOC. I know people, this is probably going to be controversial, but in my opinion, he could afford the risk of APOC because he wasn't relying on primarily kickstarted funds to do the game. In my opinion. The only thing he couldn't afford about APOC was the controversy, the controversy of him releasing it on Steam as if it was an actual game mm. in the midst of the mmo apocalypse you know like all these mmos that are being called out for being scams profile chronicles of illyria camelot unchained star citizen and then you release this ambiguous kind of like testing client that people who have been following the game know kind of what it is even though we were doubtful and a little skeptical we still like un kind of understood what it was but for the general population on Steam, you just killed your game in terms of PR for a long time. Like for months, Ashes yeah, of Creation was, the, was a joke. It took a on hit. The internet. It was like six it months a to a year. Of, in, mm -hmm. in terms of PR. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw a comment too about like, if you want to get MMORPG to succeed, you need this to be transparent. I disagree with that. There's a combination of things. And here's, here's my arguing point, right? It, this is the same kind, like this is the same kind of rhetoric I disagree with, similar to like how Pantheon Rise of the Fallen came out. I posted a video about it a while back. They said it was basically talking about niche or not, which by the way, I don't think niche necessarily means bad, right? It just means niche. And I was like posted there and and Pantheon responded to me and said, just to let you know, we're not going to be niche. You can't really decide that <laughs> we we can't also decide anything about a game fully just because we do or don't see what we want right now. Right. What for whatever reason, what determines success is when that game launches, who's there to play it? Do they enjoy it and do they continue playing it? then as a result of that, is it thriving? Is the community bolstered? Does that maintain? That's that's it, man. That's the reality. There's a lot of pieces that can go into the way of getting there, but this is the thing, right? Like, I, respectfully to, to you and Chad there who, who said this, like, we need to see financials. It's important if you want to succeed, this and that. Like, I see where you're coming from. Here's the problem with that, right? How many AAA MMORPGs don't publish and give you those financials front and center? Launch a game and it's successful, right? There's a lot of I there's like don't publish squad or anything right now. I mean, you can see like yeah. investor reports because of like Activision Blizzard and stuff like that. You can look and track their like stocks, and that's a whole different ball game. But this is not a AAA studio, right? So it, the thing is, is like we can't assume something will be A or B because of just one or two things. It's a big combination of elements that will determine that. And still we got to get to the launch. There's that period up until launch, then there's the launch and how does it continue afterwards? Cause how many games launch with all that hype, they get there and then fizzle 
or ones that don't even have really any mention. And then you find out about it. And then the community thrives further after launch. Sometimes they launch and things suck for like a year until they kind of get to that momentum. And hey, Ashes could very well be in that scenario too, right? The game could launch. I've seen it with more MMOs than I can count. Now, the game launches and it's progressively moving forward. And then there's issues with like consistent uh, content updates or game systems that aren't are having issues that didn't get polished or whatever. And they're tinkering to fix that for literally like six months to a year, sometimes more. And along the way, as they finally start to resolve these issues, more and more people are playing, are incentivized to play, the quality of the game, you know, raises or goes higher or whatever. And so more people play. Um, Dell Scrolls Online was a good example of that. The first year after the ESO launched, oh man, did that hurt. Well, I played the game for a week and then I didn't touch it for Ooh. I think a year. A lot of people. I was just like, this, yeah. is, a, this is a completely yeah. shitty MMO. And <laughs> I don't want to touch it. Like that. That's it. Mm. And just just for the people in chat who you know haven't bought into the game because they have concerns Wait. right now, let me just let me just zoom in here. Yeah. There you go. For the people in chat that have <laughs> concerns about the game, I completely understand. My streaming partner Dude. hasn't bought into the game yet. <laughs> he under like he has his doubts and i understand his doubts and i'm never going to you know bash no one here sim daedalus or i we're never going to bash anybody for having their doubts no. into buying into the game we completely understand because at this nope. point it's a choice that you make if you want to trust or believe in Faith, yeah, what Intrepid Studios are doing or not. It's a, it's, and it's not just trust. It's also a matter of, do you want to invest some of your own money into that belief, into that trust? If you or, don't yeah. want to, that's absolutely okay. Or We're time. not judging anyone here. And I understand why you want to see financials. I wanted to see financials and yeah. I got over it. Um, I, I want to learn more about the game. I'm one of the first people that are going to like rant about the game for any reason whatsoever, but I'm still here and I still invested, like I still gave a lot of my money to Intrepid Studios because I believe in the game and I want it to be great. But it doesn't mean that like, I believe that you're a shitty person for not, right. for not following the same road. I hope for you and for me that this is going to be the MMO. I know that you guys are here and like listening to this podcast mm -hmm. or you're on Twitch True. right now in chat or you're watching it on YouTube or anything. I, I, I know that you're here because you love MMOs and you want, to, you want your next MMO to be great and you feel like there's a drought of MMOs right now because yeah. that's a fact. That's what we're going through. And AAA Studios... I've just begun working on their next MMOs because they see that there is still a market for it. But if you don't want to buy into it, if you say that, like, you know, I want to see financials because it is an indie studio and this is going to help me, you know, believe into it. And I saw, I saw it in chat. I'm not going to name the person, but like you said, that... We didn't need to see financials coming from AAA Studios because it was a AAA studio and there's never been any questioning of how deep their pockets were. At the same time, Blizzard, at the time that they were 
that they announced World of Warcraft. That was years. Uh, that was like before tw- uh, 2004. Yeah, they had released single player games and multiplayer games, but were they really what we would all here consider a triple A studio? Were they like mm. the equivalent of EA? Where they were standing with like FIFA and like all these sports games. No, they weren't really there yet. Wow is what solidified their grip and their hold on the AAA title. Yeah, I agree with that. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And if you're here, it's because you want to learn more about Ashley Creation. You want to take part in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Also selling that ass to Activision. Yeah, also selling that ass to Activision also solidified your... Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, how I the never worst. wanted to. I was Gosh. super excited when yeah. Blizzard and Activision, you know, merged. I was like, "Yo, the potential here! This is awesome!" And then a year later, I was like, "Wow, okay, never mind." <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah, like, exactly right. <laughs> We've got Q and points, so we're gonna get to those. But let's wrap up thoughts around this, and we'll get into yeah, that. Just, just one more thing for me. I mean, I just think, like in general tribalism in and we talked about this in in other forums too tribalism kills community so i agree with everyone around Mm. if you haven't backed the game i don't think you're less of a person i don't think you shouldn't have an opinion one way or the other but i do want to hold everyone in the community accountable to facts and evidence not rumor Mm. and speculation Right. And that's where I I draw the line, like personally, whenever I say something, I want to make sure I either make it clear that it's my opinion or I have a fact checked. Right. Mm. And, and I think like personally, what I've seen, like in terms of evidence, in terms of the Alpha Zero product, mm. the Alpha One product, what I'm starting to see for the Alpha Two product, it's a consistent commitment to quality. So any like thinking that I have around like seeing the financials and trying to figure out where the money is going. I I'm with Pacha. I got over that where I had some challenge with it was during that kind of APOC phase. I didn't, that's one of those things that I consider a mistake from a PR perspective. I don't think it was a mistake from a technology perspective, knowing what the outcome was in retrospect. Right. Um, delivery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, right, I think as an indie studio, you're going to learn. And I also agree with Sim is that you have to be consistent. What you expect, you know, from one studio, you should expect from all. And and we haven't, you know, again, we even with somebody that has released games before, we're never expecting them to release their full financials. Right. A lot of people have been burned. Um, you know, because they took a risk on a independent developer, a crowdfunded game that didn't pan out. And, Mm -hmm. and while I understand that gut level of, um, of concern, I have also by that very same token invested in AAA studios and gotten burned too. True. So, yeah. I have an equal level of mistrust across the same <laughs> across the entire like genre company, gaming so companies, etc. The only the only <laughs> company right now that I have seen that 
I would say has some level of consistency in terms of delivery of product has been intrepid yeah thus far right in terms of things i personally have experienced yeah um and i i I wanted to say too like i can understand like how people being like how that actually like impacts people because with ashes before dude i kick-started it i followed that game i didn't even i was even in the back of my mind unwilling to follow their twitch channel for six months i was like i'm not gonna follow i'm gonna sit here and watch you should have seen me how critical i was because of that experience before ashes before i even backed it but i went with my gut so i the beauty the beauty of this game is you can literally just wait till the gate the day of the game launches pay 15 bucks you jump in there you play the shit out of it for a month you decide you're out 15 bucks if you didn't enjoy it you probably got more playtime and gaming experience than some games with a 60 dollar price tag these days even have there's that right but i totally get it because i was like Dude, you know what day it was I backed Kickstarter out of their campaign? The last day. There was like six hours left. Right? I literally had that thing just sitting there, and I was like, mm, it all sounds good. But I, with the people that were around, I was, I was sitting there doing live streams chatting about it. And I remember sitting there and talking, going, I don't know, man. We've heard this before. We've heard that before. Yeah. But there was something about it that I was like, it... I just was like, I'm. If I don't back it, I feel like I'm gonna regret it, because in my gut something resonates that's just different. Because I've seen so many things that have been bad, and I sat there and dissected the shit out of everything they showcased for six months. And on that last day, I was like, I I think I, I had dedicated like to the 500 pack at the time or whatever, and then later upgraded it. But my upgrade didn't come until what like what was it the end of 2017 i think so i went yeah, another six months too, yeah yeah and that was like when i became an official content creator and like had seen discussions and had talked to like back in the day it was like uh bellwin you know people probably don't know who bellwin is bellwin is like a big part of the reason had some really great discussions saw some great discussions discussions with steven right and you just you get that vibe man you know what solidified it for me was like a whole year later, even when I actually went to the studio and talked to the team. And that was, that was what I was like, Oh man. Cause I actually got to chat with Steven where we you know it wasn't like, you know, kind of sitting there talking about, you know, kind of going through the motions of being a developer, showcasing your product sort of thing. It was talking to the guy as a nerdy gamer, dude, you know what I mean? And it was like, and, and went around and talked to different studio members. I was like, Oh my gosh. And you know what really stood out for me was I remember watching other developers talk about their games, and that was what was so different. It was the way that he talked about the game. That spark. It's there. It's not just a rehearsed script. It's not a knowledge base to answer discussion points. It's the dude knows his own world. The dude knows the direction he wants to go. He knows the vision, and he's adhered to the vision for five and a half years for me even through the dark periods i was like ah, i mean everybody else bombs it in a year something sketchy and doesn't fit easily 
I haven't gotten that with Stephen Sharif. That's the reason I got the faith, man. But even if you don't have that faith, and I'm not trying to convince anyone otherwise, it's the only game I've had that with. I've followed a lot of games. I've never gotten that anywhere in 15 fucking years. Yeah. And my recommendation to a lot of people, even though like I have so much faith in that game and so much hope, and every time I say it, I have to specify it's not hype. It's yeah. hope for the game. Most of my recommendations to people are, if you want to back the game, do it. If you don't want to, don't do it. I yeah, don't care. Chill. But if you do it, if you do back it, stay in, in like you're really thirsty to, and you do it because you're really thirsty for like a guild, for a community or something like that. First of all, mm -hmm. look no further. Sim has a wonderful community here. And you. <laughs> and second of all, do not go on the Ashes Creation Discord because <laughs> if you're super thirsty for a community, you're going to find a lot, a lot, no matter your play style, you're going to find a lot of cult-like communities, oh. unfortunately, on the Ashes of Creation Discord. <laughs> so look no further join sims discord and don't join the other one <laughs> you want to hear something funny we've got armored cell who's in the guild by the way and he's he was in the last guild i had too and i gotta say this too it's so funny dude by the way thanks for the shout out but i also have to say to armored cell he literally resubbed on friday he said how's my favorite cult leader doing but you know what's really funny that's not indicative of me that's indicative of him because he's the guy who says he's his his title his self-proclaimed title is of stevenism he nice. wants to rp a cult that praises the sandal lord and i remember when he first wanted to join badass. i would join that rp yeah dude he was like he was like do do you want he's like do you, he was like he basically was like is there a place for me if i want to kind of rp this cult thing of mine i'm like yes there is i won't join it but it can exist i told him on friday i gotta share this with the the, po the podcast homies that aren't here normally I told him on Friday, I told him, I was like, I want you to know I love you, number one. Number two, if Steven drops a sandal on me in the game, if he trolls me and kills my character and you drop to your knees and praise him, I just want you to know you're getting G-kicked on the fucking spot. <laughs> I was about to say, you're just getting kicked, my God. Uh, I was like, I'll probably re-invite you like right afterwards, but it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're offline, someone kick him out the guild right now, damn it! <laughs> Lights justice. I want it anyway. Yeah, it's, it's good times, man. Yeah, and you know what, man? I'm not trying to convince anybody either. I'm just giving my experience, my feedback, and yeah. it's important to talk about because this sentiment isn't just shared by one person in our chat or two or three or four. It's I've been getting it more on YouTube comments and like people dropping by streams and stuff. So it's not just one or two people that are having this concern. So I think it's absolutely important that it is something that's addressed or there's at least a conversation around it, right? Because, you know, you might ease the concerns of somebody with your own experience, or you might just be able to help ease their concerns by going, you know what? You're right. I can just chill until the day of launch. If nothing yeah. else, no worries. 100%. Right? Wait, if I don't feel like I got enough evidence for me, 
I might have got the evidence I wanted to feel confident, but what I require and what my values and things are are not everybody else's, which means if for another person they feel like they need to see something more, if you don't feel like you're seeing it, there's nothing wrong with just kicking back and doing like I did back in the day and just watching it until maybe you feel that you're there, or if not, you wait till the day of launch. No, no worries, man. Um, we started this show off talking about the apocalypse and that little RP narrative, right? We got some Q&A bits here, some of the last Q&A bits. And we also have the dev discussion, so let's try to fit it in. You guys, you guys down? We can try to fit this in? Let's do it. Okay. Done. So one of the questions was, please hold here. Okay, never mind. Oh. Oh, no, okay, I'm good with that comment. I thought somebody was trolling me. I was like, I'm going to time somebody out. Hold on, we're good, we're good. Will the racial capital cities be player cities, potential nodes, or has the cataclysmic event done something else to them entirely? So the answer was is, is basically this, right? Part of the story is returning to a world that has essentially been destroyed and left untouched for many millennia. And as a result, those old capital cities are the ruins of which you are returning to. The new cities, the new structures that exist are brand new cities. They might be couched within ruins of old empires, but they will not be represented by the old capital cities. Tabula rasa, homies. It is a wilderness. The ruins don't count. Yeah. Right, unless they become part of the foundation of a new city with its own culture. It would be fantastic, though. Like you see this like big city, and around the big city, it's the walls of the ruined city from thousands of years ago. That would be that would be dope. That would be kind of cool, actually. Right? Yeah. Like, or even if it's like just on the outskirts, you know, like city walls of the metropolis and then just out hovering if they planned it to where like on the outskirts of like a node if it gets to metropolis level then like the outer walls just as you're kind of leaving you see remnants of an old city that might have once stood in a similar yeah. place like ancestors would have chosen that area as well from a strategic standpoint or something mm. yeah and i mean it cool. would make sense it would it would just make sense because usually large cities are established near bodies of water yep resources especially like rivers and mm -hmm. such absolutely all right will the instance content still have scripted and difficult boss fights that drop gear and loot yes we know this but although intrepid is looking at having an 80 20 split open world versus instant instance instance content is meant to provide rails for an experience especially if it relates to a storyline whether it be class-based storyline culture-based storyline or node-based it will still be incorporated into the traditional reward structure but the rewards will not be best in slot for instance based content those will only be found in the open world thoughts interesting yeah, I'm gonna jump I, I, I kind of honed in on the class-based storyline because I'm like, oh, thank goodness there's a class quest. Yeah, same. Even <laughs> if it's not like a super on-rail narrative, I, yeah. I'm just glad that there's a class storyline. As for yeah. the public versus instance, it's always been one of the things that I feel very conflicted about. I don't know how to feel about that. You know, you're like raiding with your group. You have like 20 people. You want to take down that boss. Yeah. You want it to be a challenge that you guys have achieved. 
And then you have 174 people just like coming in and just completely decimating everything. And you're like, well, we're going to have to wait till tomorrow, guys. That kind of sucks. Because I remember the good old days in WoW where it was raid night. Um, you know, it's Burning Crusade. It's the last raid. We're at Lady Vosh and we want to push mm -hmm. further and... We just killed Leviathan last week, and now we're at that boss, and, like, we need to do it. It's going to be fun. Imagine you're in the middle of that, and then you get trolled, or you get ninja'd, oh. or you get, you, like, someone just steals your thunder. You're going to wait another week? Yeah. Hell no. It sucks. You, even though it's an MMO, it's a public game, it's a massively public game, there's still parts of it that you wanted to be with your crew. Yeah. So I'll have to wait and see for that. Yeah. The 80 20, I'm hoping that the 20 that's instance is primarily the big ass raids. Same. I'm not a big fan of like the instance dungeons. I know I remember back when I played WoW, people were like, anybody want to run dungeons? I'm like, actually, no, I did it. I, I, I go through, <laughs> I would go, no. I would, I would go through it the first time for the experience, get the gear I needed, the achievements I needed, and I never yeah. wanted to go back ever again. I hate grinding things like that out. Raids I can do, but usually in that game, there's like lockout periods. I, I reflect on what you're saying, and I think that's my jam. I want the, okay. the really difficult you know, difficult to progress stuff to be the stuff that yeah. I got to take my homies in and we got to try hard at it. And, you know, for that ranking, we got to make the most of our time and maybe there's a lockout and all that. And I'm hoping we get a traditional raid lockout for raids. I genuinely am okay. because it's one of the things that I always thought was great. I just don't want it to be open to everybody. Just my homies, mm. just the guild. You want it to be your challenge for you yes. and your crew. hundred percent. But, I completely agree. I hate, I love my homies, but I don't want to grind the same goddamn dungeon no. 75 times no. with my homies. No. And that's the only thing I do mm -hmm. during my day. That's not nope. what I want to do. I want to meet new people. So yeah, for sure. But well, I do uh, hope, yeah. like you said, that the 20% is, you know, these grandiose kind of raid lockouts. I hope that's it. <laughs> but he needs that sword. We'll make him a better one. We'll make him a better one. I, I will do it if it's like a new player and they haven't done it before. Or like if it's like a buddy and we're they're like, hey, I really want to tank for the guild. It's like, let's go take him through something that would be a good, you know, challenge for a tank. Let him, you know, test his like skill set without it being tied to like a lock or something like that. You know what I mean? That, that dynamic I'm down with, but that's not like, Oh, that's not like, but you know, the homies, they're like, let's go run dungeons. What are you doing today? Let's go run dungeons. Hey, what are you up to tonight? Let's go run dungeons. I'm like, dude, I don't want to. It's progression night tonight. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. The group is full. You can't join us. Oh my God. No, it's yeah. It, it, um, yeah. I like to I like to mix it up, man. I, I like to go have my PvP night here and there, go do my jump and help some homies out here and there, go run around coast on a ship because that'll be in ashes. You know what I mean? That's cool. There's enough variety to where I could jump on and do something every every night I'm on, I can do something different that I want to go do. It's that's yeah. what I like about it. When you feel like you gotta do the same thing over and over, oh 
Well, that's yeah, no. Yeah, and a lot of that is just really related to one of the like worst things you can have happen in a game, and that's called RNG. I mean, I think the ratio of RNG in Ashes, like my personal opinion, some may disagree, but my personal opinion is the ratio should be RNG should be a gnat, and the rest of the other tropes in the game should be an elephant's ass. Huge. <laughs> Right, I don't want RNG in this game as a primary thing. It's yeah. not fun, no matter how many times no. Blizzard or one of their developers says, "Oh, it's so no. nice just to like randomly get like you know a, a really good item." No, it's not because that really like nice thing that you're saying translates to a hundred times killing the same shit and not getting what you want. Which translates into. Basically, you don't have enough content to keep me entertained, so you make me grind the same goddamn exactly. thing that you did. Absolutely. Yeah. Get on the yeah. hamster wheel. Yeah. That's not a good reason to play a game. I got to or else I'm going to miss out. FOMO shouldn't be the reason that people get on every day. I'm sorry. And that's too often what they do. You've got to dump into your artifact weapon world of warcraft right now you got to dump in your artifact weapons to go and do your world quest and do all this stuff go grind this go grind that then when you meet your quota for grind for the day two hours later go and focus on progression content that you want to do then then you can right like or arcade right what happens in arcade and chained whenever you jumped in that game you know what you did? You got the same damn gear. You farm the same thing everybody else is farming with over and over and over and over and over, dump it all in the same gear, upgrade your gear, rinse, repeat. No, these things are horrible. These things are horrible, in my opinion. It sucks, right? I want the content to be the reason. Yeah. I want to be excited to go after a boss or tame something. Like these are the things that used to be the primary reasons people played the damn genre games to begin with. How about this? Will accessories such as necklaces and rings be vertical power changes or horizontal power changes? The answer was both, and it depends on how you engage with them, but there will be options for both. Thoughts on that? Hell yes. Yeah. I, I love the variety there because, yes. again, it comes comes back to, and I know I keep kind of mentioning this game over and over, but it's fresh in my mind, and I... and. If if there was one other game other than Ashes that I've been all in for, it's been City of Heroes, right? And yeah. so personally, I just now granted they had a much more simplistic way of approaching progression, right, with their enhancement system. But I do mm. like the fact that you can differentiate yourself in multiple ways and having gear or accessories that give you both vertical and horizontal power options to me is is exactly where you needed to be because you want people to have like as long as those options are are viable right because it's one thing to offer them but just don't give me crap you know options for horizontal and vertical power true aka you know as right gear um oh, so oh. yeah i mean you, you can't just put an a and a p together every expansion and expect <laughs> people not to think it's you know the same freaking so, thing but is. anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm a little triggered today Dude. It's, it's the lack of lfm this week i'm telling i apologize you. We'll, we'll we'll get it this week man <laughs> if you guys are wondering what that is it's called looking for more podcast short for 
uh, short form LFM or the LFM show. Catch us Thursdays, 5 p.m. Central right here on this same channel. Okay, continue. It's funny. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So, so I, this is like, this to me is, is a, like a really like positive sign that they're looking further ahead than just like that first moment in, in game. And, and they're planning ahead to say, look, people are going to want different choices, not only in how, what, you know, primary and secondary class they choose, but in terms of their mm-hmm. gear and wanting to kind of make that meta be something people continually shift and change and it's not always like you know something that is a consistent constant thing it's something that always like rewards Mm. different types of play styles and different builds that's what makes a diverse world that's what makes people feel like their approach is unique and invest them more in a game because they have all these options a good question right why will the player base want to play this in three years pulling that directly from chat these are the types of things you need to be thinking about doesn't matter what your game is like what's the incentive for somebody to play the game and come back for more right it, it doesn't matter if you're talking mmorpg or, or otherwise in my opinion right what's the reason to revisit it like the witcher 3 right solo game has its, has its, has great examples old world of warcraft there were great reasons to keep playing you know, if you enjoyed other elements of the game outside of raiding or PvP, you could go collect pets from drops. You could collect gear sets. You could go farm mounts that could drop. You could go work on reputation. You could do all these things that existed in older content. And they added to that further over time, right? Creating pets for dungeons and, and raids that would launch in the current uh you know, period, you go to the next period and then they go, okay, well, that stuff from last year and our last expansion, we're going to give you more incentives to go and do those things. Now we're going to put pets in there. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, or if you couldn't play that content as frequently then, well, now it's not as difficult when you're geared up to level for this. You can go back and with less people or even by yourself, you could go through and do it now, get the achievements, get the rewards, get the things. That was for me a great reason to play. Like I actually didn't, I, I liked it. I like to go back and do the old raids just for the hell of it. Um, you know, so depending on what the game, like what's the reason to jump back into that world again? Some people is literally running around and enjoying the world to look at. Yeah. herbs. Some people, it's looking at your achievement book. True. And finding this achievement that yep. hides kind of like this quest line that's not really a quest line that unlocks a, a, a cosmetic mm. or that unlocks a title. And you have to complete this like weird quest line for like three days. It's a super long one that it's not grindy necessarily, but requires a lot of like puzzle mm. solving and mental stimulation and just a lot of like exploring around that's what i love to do when i'm waiting for content in a game mm-hmm. yeah i'm talking about um a couple last questions here right will yeah. some aquatic mounts have any utility skills that can be used in fishing yes was the answer absolutely fishing is a big part of the game and mounts will have skills that relate to fishing in some ways some way shape or form and uh or at least the water mounts whether that be getting to a particular area finding fish or chumming the area there could even be benefits to fishing in the water while mounted okay that's oh look at daedalus he's like oh baby what (laughs) dude 
I, I like fishing in some games, right? I actually didn't mind it in World of Warcraft. Um, I didn't care for it in ESO. It just kind of felt like you you did it for the sake of like if you wanted to farm perfect rows that you could yeah. do it. But Sue RNG, super RNG. Um, so it was fishing in like you know World of Warcraft, but there was just more incentive, including achievements and mounts and. Uh, outfits and things you could fish up, including fishing poles and all, all kinds of stuff that actually like sort of made that work. That didn't really work in the Elder Scrolls for me. It was the same. Yeah, they stick. released um, fishing in yeah. Guild Wars 2's latest expansion and a Dragons, mm. and I tried it out and it's phenomenal. Really, it's so good. It's super interactive. Like it's, it can be actually super difficult to fish, and you. Let's say you're fishing in like a level 500 fishing area mm-hmm. and you're level 10. You can do it. You can fish there if you're good enough. And I'm not. I suck at it. But like if your reflexes are good enough on your keyboard, you can actually do it, which is really great. It's more skill locked than level locked, which is, which is fantastic for yeah. something as you know simple looking as fishing. Yeah, I really like the fishing in Arcage, um, personally, uh, and and I think that I mean I I definitely did fishing in World of Warcraft. It mm. was very repetitive. There was some things that I did it for, like to get, but I did like I found myself actually pretty enamored with how Arcage dealt with like the naval component of and the fishing component yeah. was actually like really cool yeah and i like that level of complexity and one other thing too that i keep as i keep hearing about these details and whether or not this is like something that comes in at release or not i mean i don't know that there was any commitment here but the fact that it's it's something they would like to do it is on the roadmap does give me hope that intrepid is looking to try to really instill a level of respect for players time that they can go in and do these different activities they can still get something rewarding out of it they don't have to grind their face in into the dirt like in a raid each week to get meaningful content there's other things they can do and that that gives me hope and i do Mm -hmm. like the fact that they're really trying to build in a good level of complexity (laughs) even with the um, the mounts that you can get um but again, right, obviously this is still, you know, in the early stages. There may or may not be a time frame, you know, or not. But it's still good that they're thinking that far ahead. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like that you were talking about how, like, Jeff's face every time Steve would be like, oh, and we could do this. And he's just like, oh, so, yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if when your character is sitting, you can't and you just see Jeff's face like. <laughs> he's like, yeah. There was like a meme out there. There was something like in one of the paxes that like happened. His eyeballs were sweating. Oh, he was yeah. sweating, right? There was like literally where they just focus, they go from Steven who's speaking, and then they slow pan to Jeff. And then they zoom in on Jeff's face, and then you just see this eyes like Steven, please stop talking. Oh, die. Please shut up. Please shut up. Please shut up. <laughs> you know, a lot of times I do feel like he talks about things that are that we are likely going to see like post launch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're going to hit like what they got to do, what was defined in Kickstarter and and the vision originally, and then things like alchemy and fishing and 
you know, naval content. I mean, it's it's super, super good examples of what they can elaborate on and develop further in DLC content over the year, update patches. Yeah. It's not really DLC, it's just update updates because content's included in the game updates. Um all right. This was about how I don't know if I want this is a bit of I have to <sighs> Okay. This is <laughs> what's going on? Uh, I have to, I have to, okay, I'm deciding gonna... whether to put a pin in this one or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do I want to read this question? How will okay. raid loot be dispersed when PvP battles are involved during the raid well, fight? Just gonna Come on, I can't even get to the answer. <laughs> this is why I was like, do I even want to? We're gonna make sure we touch on all the Q and A stuff at the <laughs> end, and then Sim leaves one out. Is it more bad if I leave it out? You know what I mean? Or is it more bad if I, you know what I mean? I got his, the answer was there is already a complex system in place when it comes to raid loot settings that each raid can have. If there are two competing raids, there is blended approach to damage done and tag benefit. This is important because we had talks around this before. They said, if you tag the loot target first, Target first, you will get a benefit in the damage overall determination. So, if you need to have fifty-one percent of the damage done, then tagging first may give you five to ten percent edge. Final percent number will be determined based on testing. So, what I'm hearing is, is, is that when I looted said thing, this system wasn't working as designed, so it just <laughs> decided that I was the winner. Got it. I understand. Yeah. Turns so you personally decided okay. that you were the, the winner and Ninja looted something. I didn't Got ninja it. Loot so anything. Ninja looting confirmed. There were no y'all. loot rules. We weren't in a party. Everybody knelt down to loot it. I just got to it first because I was most efficient with my time. Player agency, baby. Living off a of game pillar, that's all I got to say. I think that works. I'm going to go with that works. Friends, those are all the Q&A points. We got our final topic. But any any further thoughts around the stuff we've talked about so far before we move on? No, nothing. That's great. Well, I, I, I think I'll put a pin in that one until next time. No, yeah. we don't need to pin anything. It's okay. It's fine. Man. All right. <laughs> Dev discussion. This is one I've actually been looking forward to talking about, but we just weren't there yet. So I'm glad we're going to get there now. We'll definitely focus a lot more on community sentiment next time um, around a lot of stuff we've talked about. I didn't leave anything it's out in that clip. And this is where people are like, what are you talking about, Sim? All these things you miss when you only listen to it. You can only get here live on Twitch. And even if you watch it on YouTube, which we appreciate, you just don't get the same effect unless you watch it live. Because chat, if you saw the nonsense people like to say that isn't true, by the way, and sometimes it's just a little bit out of it's just it's just a little bit of a stretch, friends. OK, here's that discussion. We'll move on. There's a lot here. So I linked it in chat. I think I did, didn't I? Let me paste it here. It's on the forums. Discussing enemy indis- indicators, okay? Now, I have some examples. I'm going to read the question. When it comes to enemy conning indication systems and game, what features do you like? Do you like indicators? And to what extent or delineation? Okay, 
Here are some examples. So an old school style would be, you see only the level of the enemy and the colors indicator is if they are below, at the same, or above your level. So if you're in a party or raid, the indicator logically, indicators logically conclude that you can take on a higher level enemies, okay? I think in Ashes in Alpha 1, this was kind of what we had. You had, what was it like? They'd be green, like yellow or red, right? Green's like easy for you. Yellow's like about your level. And then green was two levels below you. Yellow was your level. Orange is two above. And a red is four to five above. And then it was a skull. Mm -hmm. Okay. True. Yeah, yeah. Because then they have the little marks there. Okay. So that's old school. Intended audience style. This one is you see the level of the enemy or sorry, color indicators and intended audience indicators for solo players, parties or raids, stars, triangles, borders, skulls, etc. Keeping eight player party sizes in mind. Would you prefer solo party raid or more precise solo small party, medium party, large party, small raid and or full raid indicators? And then you got the third type, which is hardcore, no indicators, TTRPG style, right? Basically, you don't know the power of the enemy nor the intended audience until you encounter and learn about it through your combat experience, right? So one is basically like level approach, party style approach, right? Or content style approach. And then the other one's like, you just, you figure it out. Yeah, you just roll the dice. Yeah. Which... I'll I'll let you start, Daedalus. Yeah, jump on um, in. I I think I'm I'm kind of like maybe looking for a hybrid here. Mm. I like the intended yeah. audience piece, right? But I don't want it to shift if I'm in a party or if I'm solo. That's just too exactly. damn confusing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the idea because one of the other things that this indicates, other than enemy difficulty, it lets me know maybe there's better loot on this guy. Right. So if I'm going in and I'm like, you know, you know, um, snapping necks and cashing checks as a solo player. Right. And then I see like a guy with like a skull or, you know, something that indicates that it's some sort of like tougher elite lieutenant boss type of enemy. Right. That helps me say, hey, you know, buddies in guild, let's go kill this thing because I think it might give us some like better loot or better resources or something. So I would like something like that there. Mm. I'm not necessarily a fan of not knowing. And I know that's kind of like the Dark Souls style of gaming. And I've got that experience already. And I actually don't mind it in that setting. I'm not sure I'd like it as much in an MMO setting. Um, especially one where you can get experience that potentially lose resources for dying. I like to at least have some level where I know, hey, this is going to be a challenge, but hey, you know, YOLO, I'll do it anyway. So I kind of like mm-hmm. that happy medium where I'm able to kind of see and gauge like what level of risk I want to take on. That just feels like it would fall in line with this whole risk versus reward. Um design that the team talks about i think that feels like the the best home for something like that so you just swung the door 
wide open for everything I wanted to touch on. <laughs> if people say that, like the first post in that forum thread is no indicators for me, please. The less indicators, the better. That dude has never played an MMO in his entire life. <laughs> that dude plays Dark Souls every day and he hopes that this game is a mix between Rust and Dark Souls. Oh my gosh. That's not what Ashes of Creation is. It's an MMORPG. <laughs> and it is not a grief fest that you get ganked by players and mobs alike. If it's no indicators, it makes it a thousand times harder to actually develop a game in terms of mob population and mob design. Because if you have no indicators in the UI, you need to be able to know that the mob is going to kick your ass by the way the mob looks, which is really difficult for developers. And you're adding at least six months of testing just for that, because it's, it's, it's insanely difficult. In games like Elden Ring and Dark Souls, you know this dude is going to mess you up because he's the size of a skyscraper and he swings <laughs> and he swings like, Spears like he's a machine gun. So, no, I I think that's dumb. Like the hardcore no indicators, I think it's completely dumb. I'm not really for the in, intended audience style style either. I think it's confusing, and I think it just it's just going to clog the UI a little too much. Mm -hmm. Um, someone in chat said, um, three other uh. Three there, I think WoW system was just enough data. And I completely agree yeah. with one little add-on. I love when MMOs have, and I think WoW had it or has it. It has been too long since I've played, but I know Guild Wars 2 has it. I know ESO kind of has it too. You do get a little text underneath um, that gives you not stats, but kind of indicators about what the mob is about. So like resistance to stuns and stuff like that. I don't want that too much, but it gives the opportunity for the developers to actually put Easter eggs into those texts. You know, if you have like this super well thought out, like antagonist in the game, instead of just ind indicators saying boss, you can have it be... Mm -hmm something that's going to make your audience laugh. And Guild Wars 2 did that with Joko, which is like this super iconic mob that he's like full of himself, speaks about himself like at the third person, and he calls himself like the benevolent Joko, but he's a lich. And it's, it's hilarious how he speaks, and the indicators mm. under his name always change, and they're hilarious as well. Like they make you laugh while you're fighting for your life. And I think that's a perfect approach with just the level of data that we would get from World of Warcraft. With just the different colors, the little the little thing around, you know, the profile picture that lets you right. know that he's going to kick your ass. And if there's a skull yeah. instead of his name, you can always try, but you will always fail. Just so it gives you an idea. If you go for no indicators... You're dumb. That's it. You're dumb. Yeah, it's like that dragon sort of like frame, right? That's yeah. there. Yeah, it can be a dragon. Yeah, silver and it can gold. Be like a yeah. Gold or mm -hmm. silver. It can be fire thorns. I 
just something that gives you an idea of the quality of the mob just like we have the names of the items that we loot that give you an idea of the quality of the item you know is it mm -hmm. orange for legendary well the mob should like the 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 indicators on the mob should work in the same set in the same way you know i'm like good with a more dynamic approach between the old school and the intended audience mm -hmm. right like i think if you can just outline through i think one really good way to 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 do this too is also with the system they have where when you highlight the creature or person there's a set of like icons that might be there with their own intended like information so this is how if someone's wearing cosmetic you might know that they've got like a player might know that they actually have like heavy armor buff or something like that right for example you know if you can't tell by looking at them so if that's the case then it seems like that would potentially work really well for something like this as well. Like if you've got like some sort of an icon and it's got a skull, you know, that's there. It's like a, a buff, like kind of icon or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, you you go and you hover. It's like, oh, yo, that's a boss. Like might just say world boss or skull or like, you know, yeah. you know, something like that. Sometimes you can tell by size and everything but um i'm i'm a fan of like the color scheme like i can see gray green uh you know like yellow and orange right and then red and then red's like that's a boss of some sort or it's just really high level and there might be a skull world of warcraft would do it right you'd have like a red target and you go and you'd level and level and level and sometimes if you got to a certain level you're like oh that's like totally there's a little bit of like mystery to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was like it was red and you're like, clearly this is going to be hard for me. Mm -hmm. But you go back and it was like sometimes that red target was like some sort of like a mini boss in the area. Yeah. Or it was just like legit way over your level because you come right run back by it again later. And you're like you were level 10 when you were there before. And now you're level 40 and it's like a level 45. And it's like, oh, it's orange or something yeah. I can. It's it's like closer to my level. And and you just you would learn the hard way. Right. Yeah. In like, while I remember, like there was this mob that was a skull and he demolished me removed my code from the game and shamed me and gave me a wedgie from my friends in <laughs> high school but then i came back like a lot later and his name wasn't a scholar anymore well his level wasn't a scholar anymore it was red and it was 20 levels above mm. my own and he did the same thing with me but this time i knew that the skull meant that he was so high level above me mm -hmm. that i couldn't even see the level Right. So it gave me an indicator that skull means you're going to die. Red, well, the deep red means you're 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 still going to die, bud. And then orange <laughs> was like you're going to get a lot of XP if you survive. So like you would learn you would learn that way. So I want to share one thing I'm a little disappointed about on the Ashes of Creation forums. Right, they they they're using the vanilla. I think it's vanilla forms what they actually use now. Uh, it's yeah. a little sad that I got my three year anniversary badge because I've definitely been on the forums a lot longer than used to be. That survivor of the old forums badge we don't have anymore. No, I feels gotta, I gotta bad. Check feels bad, man. Feels bad, man. For yeah, a little little bit, little sadge. Isn't that what the zoomers say? They say sadge and stuff like that. 
Did you just say the Zoomers? I'm trying to do Zoomer speak. Yeah. Zoomer. Okay, yeah, you just said Zoomer. Right, let's check. <laughs> that's what that's what they were. That's what they were dis- discarded. Dude, isn't that we're what so the youngsters old. say? Isn't that what the Zoomers say? Yeah. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> Yo. Uh. Yeah, but like real talk, man. I, I think just make it intuitive, man. You know, like it to a degree where like you're you're able to know just by acknowledging like. You know, because sometimes the bosses are small ass things and you just don't know how deadly they are. Some indicator that like, yo, that's a boss. You you know, skulls sometimes good enough. Like skull means die. That's going to be your skull that it's going to munch on or whatever it decides to do. I don't know what that creature does. Every creature is different. But that, my friends, congratulations. We've made it through all of our talking points for tonight but i also want to share one of the first times that we do it well no it doesn't happen very often we were very diligent well it took us nearly two hours i got my second anniversary badge but i got two of them so i'm very confused oh it the yeah so the two just means that you had another year but puts two as in you've checked in for two years but then on that's probably saying it's probably two for a second year as well so there's like one that'll like double up and then sometimes you got the double up and then sometimes you got like the actual number that might indicate vanilla forms is fun like that depends on them yeah, okay i yeah probably have like an iq of five yeah. like i didn't understand a thing there oh no <laughs> <laughs> so it depends on the yeah it depends on the badge like if you go look at my thumbs up it's like likes you get one for five and then it goes puts the two next to it when you get up to like whatever the next ranking of the badges and then you got uh, okay yeah but the birthday ones are specifically the same icon the oh. number indicates progression yeah, yeah i have one that doesn't have a badge it's first anniversary and then the, the cake with the two means second anniversary man okay Damn, Pasha. That means there was a whole year you just didn't care to be a part of the forums. A whole no, year. I really didn't care. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> giving it a hard time. You didn't even check in <laughs> once for an entire year, or you'd have three like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, real talk though. Uh, I have it because I post this podcast every week. That's why I got <laughs> the only reason why it's on the forums. <laughs> That's why yeah. I just posted. I don't know how only, I got three on there, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh like get on my level pasha <laughs> i need to come up with my own catchphrase to like you know as a rebuttal to to everybody in their um false narratives and stuff so you should i don't know it what it'll be it's, it's basically <laughs> life's justice reigns but then when i say that people automatically are like yeah but what about the dark light and i'm like shh it's enough out of you friends heathen it's been cool, man. We we always do with this podcast. We do the live show and then we we kick it afterwards, catch up with community feedback, sentiment, discussion points in the Ashes po- or the uh, Pathfinder post show. There's the Ashes post show, which is for the Ashes developer live stream post. And then there's the Pathfinder post show, which is roughly half an hour to an hour of chatting, collecting sentiment, discussion points related to the podcast or just stuff, you know, that we want to maybe talk about moving forward. Sometimes we use that to uh, basically for me to sort of curate a topic, create an ashes talk, post it to the uh, HQ to expand upon the conversation, potentially in some of our podcasts um, here as well. So 
the post shows are always great. Encourage you all to be a part of them if you have the time and you're able to. But um, with that being said, I'm going to let the homies here shout out their domains where you can find them when they're not here on this uh, podcast. Daedalus. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And Pasha. And you can find me on Twitch at Pasha TV and on Twitter at TV Pasha and on Discord just Pasha. Yeah, well, that was really well. That was really well yeah, done. Yeah, I don't dude. say like Stephen Sharif Paka. It's not Paka. Okay? Oh it's no, Pasha. dude! Did you just do that? That's okay, man. I have the one time he got my name right as a recording, and he's botched it up every time since. Does he say like Simurg? Simurg, and I'm like Simurg, and I'm like it's Simurg, but okay. <laughs> it's like there's not an O there. I'm it's like, okay, not man. for the particular you spelling. You have multiple names. It's okay. It's all right. I just need to get my name changed to Phoenix on Twitch and just go by Phoenix everywhere. And then I'll just get rid of the alias altogether. How about that? We'll see. Honestly, it's not a good deal. It's not a bad idea. Maybe I should yeah. do it. We'll see what's up. I'll talk to Twitch partner support. Okay, friends. With that being said, as always. We got to say shout out to all of you who joined us here live, because remember, Pathfinders aren't just those that are on the show. They're also the ones that are hanging out with us in chat, who comment, who contribute, who are part of this greater community. And, you know, so if you listen on your drive to work or you catch it on YouTube or even if you're here, you're all Pathfinders, too. So much love to all of you. Much love to Intrepid Studios and... Until next week, friends, walk in the light. Have a great night. We'll catch up with you real soon. Stay safe, everybody. Take care, everyone.